turn to the book of Romans in chapter 1. The book of Romans, chapter 1. I want to speak to you this morning on a subject out of appreciation for the song that Peter just sung, Amazing Grace. And understanding really what Amazing Grace is. You know it's amazing that people all over the world sing that song, Amazing Grace, and have no idea what grace really is. It means that salvation, going to heaven, is totally a gift. It's free. That you do not earn eternal life. You do not work your way to heaven. Christ already paid for it. And you do not add anything to grace. Grace is the absence of work. It means you do not deserve to go to heaven. And by your works, you never will deserve it. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That is so very, very important. Now, in your notes, I have a little title called Calvinism is Destroyed by a Parable. And I want to show you that to you in just a moment. But there are people who have a weird idea about what grace really is. And I want to explain that to you. So in your notes there, the following simple acrostic tulip is a classic reform five-point Calvinist viewpoint. So they uh, call it the tulip. Uh, it's the flower that uh, God hates. The T stands for total depravity of man. They teach that man is so depraved, he cannot think, reason, choose, make choices of any kind. He's dead. And because he's dead, he can't do anything. I know that's a problem. So they believe that man is so dead and so out of it that he can't make a decision, so God reaches down and chooses to save who he wants. So if you represented the world and I was God and I looked out upon you, you're all dead. You're all separated from me and you can't do anything about it. You have no desire. You don't have no interest. You cannot seek God. You cannot find God. You don't know God. You don't want to know God. And you're, you're gone. You, you're really gone astray. So it's grace if I... Pick this person and that person and that person and that person, and you ought not be upset about it because you're all going to go to hell anyway. But if I save some of you, you ought to be thankful that I saved some of them. Of course, I didn't save you. I mean, you still get to go to hell. We don't believe that here. The U stands for unconditional election, that God chooses whoever He wants. And it's not your choice, it's God's choice. He chose who He wants to save and... It's uh, unconditional. It means that you don't have a choice in the matter. So you don't get to choose. And so therefore, those who go to heaven, God chose. And those who go to hell, God chose. And nobody really chose anything. We're really just puppets in this whole world. We don't believe that here. The L stands for limited atonement. Limited atonement means that uh, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, didn't have to pay for everybody's sin. He just paid for those few that he chose. And so the rest of you didn't have your sins paid for. We don't believe that here. You see, we believe the Bible. This is not Bible. They'll make it sound like Bible, but it's not Bible. The I stands for irresistible grace. In other words, when God gives you the faith to believe, you just can't resist it. In spite of all the things that Bible says that they resisted God and they resisted the Holy Spirit, they say you can't resist it. But we don't believe that here. We believe that you can resist salvation. You can say no to God. They don't believe that. The P stands for perseverance of the saints. means that if God saves five of you, you five will mature in the Lord, and you five will persevere to the end, and you will remain faithful. 
It's called it's guaranteed. And if you don't, then that's a sign you weren't really saved to start with. And that's a whole can of worms. We don't believe that here. But I do believe that God answers every one of these charges. Very simple and one parable. One little parable that he gave. And I want to show that to you today. But first of all, before we get there, I wanted to read something to you. I just got this just a couple days ago. I get them all the time. He says, I got myself tangled up in Calvinism. I got so confused and depressed. I doubted my own salvation. I even told the Lord, your yoke is too heavy and it's unbearable. Everything in my life was negative. I thought, how can I spread the gospel when I don't even know if I'm saved? My wife has been dragged down with me. But the Lord took me to your video on Calvinism. And just like that, the weight lifted off me. The Lord took me back to when I first believed. One saved, always saved. Now I look forward to spreading the gospel. Thank you and praise be to the Holy Spirit for directing me to you. You are now in my prayers and may the Lord heap rewards on you for your steadfastness. And his name is John. I live in a small settlement in New Zealand. Way over there on the other side of the world. All because of our YouTube ministry. And remember, these are just a few of the ones that we will hear from. Just think of how many people are being reached and never say a word. Look how many radio messages you've listened to and you never call the radio station or call the people or send a note or said thank you. But you listen all the time just when you're riding up down the road and you'll hear somebody and you never say a word. Well, that's the same way it is with us. But we believe that we're planting seeds that will grow. Now, I want you to notice in the book of Romans in chapter 1, I want to just use this to uh, explain that God says that people are without excuse. Knowing that there is a God and knowing that there is judgment against being unrighteous. And that there is a day coming when uh, you're going to have to give account. See, God puts those things inside of a person when they're born. And look there in verse 19, Romans chapter 1. He says, because that which may be known of God is manifest, and see that word, in them. Things that can be known of God, that God says, you can know this. Now, you may not know everything, but there are some things you can know. And those things that you know are evidences that there is a God. He says, for God has showed it unto them. God has revealed things to mankind. So that mankind is without excuse. They know there's a God. They may not know God, but they know there is a God. And then he makes this statement. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. In other words, the invisible things that you cannot see can be seen by the things that are made. Now, we've never seen God, but we've seen that the world is here and we didn't do it. Somebody made it. And he says, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are and you ought to underline this, without excuse. What about all those innocent people? There are no innocent people. Now, I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Matthew in chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus Christ taught in many ways. Sometimes he referred to the sun, sometimes the moon, sometimes the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. And sometimes he would take a a story that everybody knew. And he said, let me tell you the story about the man that went forth to sow. 
It's a simple little story. But you ought to see the depth of this story. Because that's really what it's about. In chapter 13, he makes a statement here in verse 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables. Now a parable is a way to teach spiritual truths to a mixed audience. Where you have people who want to know truth. And you have people that don't want to know. Those who want to know can understand. Those who don't want to know will not understand. And those who do really want to understand that didn't understand can ask the question. And his disciples came to him and they asked him, says, what do you mean? But at least they responded. Now, get this. He says, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. Fowls came, devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. When the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some a hundredfold and some sixty, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So the question comes is, what is all this talking about? What, explain what you mean by all of this. So I just want you to look in your notes there, and we're not going to turn to these verses, but I just want to read them to you. Because God says that the soil that he talks about here is determined by your response to previous light. In other words, the soil, whether it's by the wayside or whether it's stony ground or thorny ground or good ground, depends upon the mind of the man. Because you see, he's not really talking about just a sower sowing the seed and some crop growing up. He's talking about the people that he's talking to. Their minds, some of it's on the wayside. Some people's minds is stony. Some is thorny. And some is good ground. And that's why some could receive and some did not receive. But the seed was sown to all the minds. Now get this. John 1, 9 says, That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There's a certain amount of light that everybody will have. Then he says in verse 10, He was in the world and you ought to underline this, the world was made by him. Why did they have to say that? Because that's the evidence that there's a God. The world that we see every day of our lives is the evidence there is a God. Now some people will accept that evidence and some people will not accept it. And it doesn't matter how many tracks God has laid around. Well, all the animals and all the people... All the plants, all the stars, the earth itself. And when you look in the mirror, that's the evidence there's a God. You prove there is no God. I don't have to prove there is one. You prove there is not one. Now get this, the next statement. Luke 12, 48 says, But he that knew not did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. But unto whomsoever much is given... Now, this is the only point that I want to dwell on today. Unto whomsoever much is given, the greater the light. Of him shall be much required, the greater the responsibility. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. The more you responsibility give somebody, the more you expect from somebody. 
So the Bible is clear. You and I have been given light. But the condition of our mind is what will make the difference, whether we accept it or we reject it. Now, as we go through all four of these types of soil this morning, one of these is yours. One of these represent you. You are one of these. So we're going to help you to discover yourself. It's kind of like the guy that, uh, well, this man, he had a son that was kind of lost. He just didn't know who he was. And he was a long-haired hippie, and he just couldn't find himself. Got a haircut, and there he was. He was the next-door neighbor's kid. He'd been raising him for 10 years. Didn't know it. Now, when you go through this, you'll see some things that are made very clear. But now, look there now in your notes. Look in verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because. Now, here's a reason. Here's a reason. Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. You say, that, that doesn't sound fair. It looks like God chose some and God rejected others. God chose some people to see it and other people not to see it. Well, let's not quit too soon. Look in verse 12. For whosoever hath understanding, to him shall be given more understanding, more truth, more light. And he shall have more abundance, more light or less light. That's what we're talking about. Understanding things, seeing things, hearing and believing. You see, those are choices that we make. We determine by what we hear whether to believe it or not to believe it. And then he says, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. See, God has given certain amount of light to everybody. That lighteth every man that comes into the world. And God knows that we know there is a God. And this truth, if you do not believe the evidence and the truth, then God says their foolish heart is darkened. You lose the light you had and your mind becomes darkened. And then the Bible says they become as fools. Claiming to be wise, but they become fools. Because they refuse to believe the truth. So if you're going to believe a lie, a man is a fool. And the Bible says in the book of Psalms, a fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Now it wasn't because that's how he was originally born. No, that's because of education. And we have people today that are teaching in our schools, there is no God. You don't need the Bible. We don't need Christianity. We don't need truth. So lo and behold, look at our country. Look at how the morals have gone down the drain. You'd be surprised how teenagers are living today and how adults are living today because they don't believe the truth. Now get this. He makes a statement in verse 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables. And get this. Because they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. You see, it's the people that are doing this to themselves. Not God, but they're the ones that are doing it. When you reject truth, when you reject light, you harden yourself. You harden your own mind. 
And therefore, it becomes more difficult for you to ever understand and to believe, to see. And then you have, yes, some people that see it and understand it, and there's truth, and their minds are good soil, and they can just believe it. Now look what he says in verse 14. He quotes an Old Testament verse. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. You'll hear it, but you don't understand it. You don't get it. You see, the soil is talking about the minds of individuals. Where is your mind? And some people do not have a mind to receive truth. You can't know truth. There's no right and wrong. And there's people by the wayside that say, I don't know and I don't care. You ever talk to people like that? They don't know and they don't care and they don't want you to talk to them. I come across people like that all the time. Already made up their mind. There is no God, there's no heaven, there's no hell, and when I die, that's all there is to it. Who told them that? It wasn't God that told them that, and that's not the truth. They believe a lie. So then he makes this statement in verse 14. He says, Seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. You will not understand the truth. Look in verse 15. For this people's heart is waxed gross. Not that they couldn't, but they chose not to. This has nothing to do with God choosing certain people to believe and other people he won't let them believe it. No, this is people who are doing it to themselves. I may stand up here and I can tell you the truth about how to go to heaven and that it's a gift and that it's totally free. You may think in your mind, that's too easy. Can't be that way. The gift of God, you've got to work for it. That makes sense? And you can refuse to accept the payment Christ made on the cross for you. And somebody else can sit here and say, you know, that makes perfectly good sense. Because some people will want to know the truth and some people will not want to know. And it doesn't matter how hard you explain it. Some will believe and some people will not believe. Guess what he says. They have, and this is so important, this part of the verse. For this people's heart is waxed gross. That means calloused. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes, underline these three words, they have closed. Who did this? They did it. People want to blame God. No, don't blame God. They did it to themselves. God so loved the world, but there's people that don't believe God so loved them. They don't believe that there is a God. You'd be surprised at the things that you'll find out from people when you talk to them. And he says here, they have closed. And here's the reason. Lest at any time, any time, it means they can. Any time they could if they choose to open their eyes and see and to believe. So it's not God that doesn't want them to see. It's that they have rebelled against the truth and the light that God's already given them. So when God wants to give them more light, they reject that. And it's the gospel that is the light that helps them to see and understand these things that they've known about God but didn't understand. And so when they see that, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe it, would not perish but have everlasting life. So God, see, is revealing the truth to those who have already revealed light and they accept that light and they accept that light and they accept that light. And when they see and they hear the gospel, they can believe the gospel. 
But when you harden yourself by doubting and questioning and not wanting to know, or that there is no God. Now, some people's mind become like a rock, hard-headed. But if it ever came across when they can know the truth, they'd want to know. But there's some people that don't want to know. I had a man tell me the other day, he says, I'm an agnostic. I says, that means without knowledge. So you're proud that you're ignorant. <laughs> I don't do that to many people, just those who are a little smart alky. But now look back at verse 15. For this people's heart is wax grows, their ears of dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. See, it's, they're the one that determine it. And get this, should, see that word should, should understand with their heart, and should be converted. That means turn again to the truth, and I would heal them. In other words, the Lord's there, and He's ready, and He will. He'll save anybody. All you got to do is believe the truth. But if you choose not to believe the truth, don't blame God for that. You see, Calvinists say you can't choose. Jesus said you can. Now, who are you going to believe? Jesus or the Calvinist? When he says you can know and you can believe and you should, three times in this one verse he uses that word should. It should be different. He says that their eyes they have closed in verse 51 and should understand and should be converted and should heal them. All these are right there in this verse of what could be done. Now I want you to take your notes. Look on page two. I want to show you why I believe that this is so important. So I put certain things in bold a little bit and a little uh, repeating because I believe it's important. See, at the top of the page there, that verse, Matthew 13, 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables because they see and see not. It's just like you've got eyes you can see, but you don't see. You have ears, you can hear a word, but you don't really hear you don't understand. The Bible says this, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us that do love him. But he revealed them unto us by his spirit. Yea, the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the spirit of God that dwells within us can teach us the things about God that no man can know. But he says, the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. Because they're spiritually certain, and he doesn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling him. But if a man, the natural man, which all of us were at one time, we were all lost at one time, but somebody brought to us the light of the gospel. Help us to see how to go to heaven. Most of us in here, maybe all of us, at one time thought we had to be good to go to heaven. And that was a lie. That we had to go to church, and we had to give money to go to heaven, and that's a lie. We were all probably thought at one time, you have to wait till you die to find out whether you were good enough to make it. And if you were good, you go to heaven, and bad, you go to hell. And we thought we'd have to wait till we die to find out if we can go to heaven. And that's a lie. We find out the truth that God says you can know right now. Why? Because it's free. And it's the gift of God. He doesn't give it to us as a reward for us behaving ourselves. This is to show us how much God loves us. And so he gave us the free gift of everlasting life to whosoever would believe it. That it was a gift. That it's free. You try to earn it, you can't have it. You can't have it. Do you believe your good works has anything to do with it? You can't have it. You can't go. 
Now, I didn't make the rules. I'm just telling you, this is what he said. And it's the same for everybody. He says, go on all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It didn't matter what kind of soil it was. Just preach the gospel to everybody. Because even those, regardless or not, at any time, at any time, they can change their mind and believe it. But whether they do or not, that's their choice, not God's. Now, in your notes there, look at Matthew 13, 14, top of the page. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart, there's the cause, is waxed gross. It means they've hardened themselves, calloused, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes, see those three words? They have closed. They closed. They closed their understanding. They didn't want to hear. They don't want to believe. And you can't make people see. You can't make a blind man see. So the next statement. He says, their eyes they have closed. Get to less at any time. They should see with their eyes at any time. You can believe the gospel today, and if you don't believe it today, you can believe it tomorrow. You don't believe it tomorrow, you can believe it the next day. Of course, you don't ever know how much time you've got to live. So if you want to wait till tomorrow, you can. You can wait all year if you want. But you're running a risk. You could die. And the longer you wait, the more calloused or hardened or gross your understanding is going to become. You're not going to see as much. Out of sight, out of mind. You may hear it today and say, you know, I'm going to think about that for the next 10 years. Yeah, good luck. Do me a favor. Don't die. Look at the next part. Lest at any time they should see with their ears or their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted. It means turn again to truth. And I should heal them. It was the will of God to save them. The good seed was sown to them. They chose not to believe it. This refutes the teaching of Calvinism. Look at the next statement. Four types of soil. The birds get the seed before the person understands and accepts it as truth because of their own previous rejection of light. Don't know, don't care, not concerned, and it just lays by the wayside. And they don't think about it, don't want to think about it. Because you see, if you think about something... It might make sense. You may see that, you know, there's no trick to this. But some people don't even want to hear it. That's their choice. You can't make it, but God says, sow the seed. You sow the seed. You sow the seed to all kinds of ground. And it went everywhere. You see, Jesus Christ didn't say, just sow it on good ground. No, he said, sow it everywhere. Every person, every individual. 